safety. That's important. We need to keep doing that. If you feel led like you want to do more, that you would like to be able to help, uh, maybe, uh, maybe financially or with some of these organi organizations that are doing some good things. We put two links on the main page of our website, on the Lamersville uh, page. They're at the bottom. If you go towards the bottom of our Lamersville page, uh, we put two links there. One is for Samaritan's Purse. Uh, they have a crisis response team that's in Haiti right now, and they do a really good job. They, uh, they have some amazing resources, and you, know, you and I can't, can't go and, and chuck concrete out of the way and, and dig wells and all that, but they can. They have the resources to do that, and uh, you can participate in that if you, would, if you feel led to do so. Uh, the other one button there is called the Nazarene Fund, and they are an organization that helps rescue people out of situations like we're seeing in Afghanistan. Now, there are other organizations that do these kind of things, and if, uh, if you do your research and you find one that you feel led to give to, that's totally fine. If you don't want to give to those, uh, that's okay. But it's a place to start, and if you feel led to, you want to do something more, uh, check those out, do your research, and uh, if God lays on your heart to participate, by all means, but we need to keep praying. It's a tough week, and uh, we bring that up because we should care. Uh, we should care about what other people are experiencing in the world, and we should be praying for, uh, for them, especially for believers that right now are being killed for their faith. Uh, but I also bring it up for this reason, as we talk about doing hard things, uh, you think about some of the hard, what we would call hard things that we're experiencing in America. And I would say that they're real, they're legit. You know, inflation is getting worse. It's hard. You know, your dollar's not going as far right now because gas is going up and groceries and all of that. And that's hard. Um, the the uh, cultural wars that that we're experiencing in America right now. Uh, we're on the we're on the other side of that in the sense that we're kind of as Christians, we're the targets of that a lot of the times. And that's getting harder, right? It's getting harder to share your faith, as Shelley said, in the school. And, and just to be a, a follower of Jesus and to stand for what's true and right, it is getting harder. I don't, I don't mean to diminish that. Uh, but at the same time, let's take our hardships, let's take our hard things, and let's, uh, let's compare them. Let's set them next to some of the hard things that people across the world are experiencing this morning. Um, you know, we, uh, none of us are starving right? You're not starving to death. Uh, we didn't have to, uh, we're not running for our lives this morning, right? We didn't have to secretly gather in this place this morning. Um, so when we, when we start talking about hard things that we experience, they're legit, they're real, I don't mean to diminish them, but when we start thinking about some of the hard things that other Christians, other people across the world are experiencing this morning, they're Life in America is easy, comparatively speaking, right? You get that, don't you? I hope you don't forget that life in America is easy, comparatively speaking. And let's be honest, we like it that way, don't we? We like it that way. We don't typically get up in the morning hoping that we have a lot of hard challenges ahead of us that day. We don't typically get up in the morning and pray that God would rain down hardship upon our lives. I understand that. That would be kind of odd that that would be what you're praying for, I suppose. But when we think about hardship, we have to, I think, pause and 
even, even though our hardships are not as maybe bad as some of the hardships that other people in the world are experiencing, I think we always need to stop and pause for a moment and think about hardships in themselves, that there are, there are blessings in hardships and on the other side of hardships that we could never experience other than to walk through and experience that hardship. I know we prefer easy sailing. We prefer smooth waters. And if you asked us uh, individually, if I gave you a choice, would you want a bunch of hard challenges today or smooth sailing and, and, and easy stuff all day long, most of us would be signing up for the let's have a really smooth, no problem-free day, right? But there are just blessings that cannot be experienced except to go through a trial, except to experience a problem. And sometimes the blessings are inside of that storm. Sometimes the blessings are on the other, other side of that storm when the tranquil waters come again. But those blessings, there are some that are just better. There are some blessings that are better than what you'll find in tranquil waters. And when I mean better, I don't mean more pleasant. I mean of greater value, of greater worth to us. I want you to write this down. If you're taking notes this morning, I think I have like a fill in the blank on the paper. I think I just typed it all out for you on the digital notes if you're following along there. But write this down somewhere. Perseverance, that's what we're talking about this morning. Perseverance is a bridge. It's a bridge between hardship, right? Let's imagine that this is our hardship. This is our trial. This is our problem. This is the trouble. And over here is hope. Here's the blessing of hope, of something better. Well, how do we get from the hardship, the trial, the problem? How do we get from hardship to hope? It is perseverance that takes us from hardship to to hope. Perseverance is that bridge. It's the connection between hardship and hope. And we're going to talk about that this morning. There are blessings inside a hardship. There are blessings on the other side of hardships. And the only way to experience those blessings is to persevere. The only way to get from here to here, from hardship to hope, is to persevere. If we quit, if we give up, we very well may be missing the greater blessing. Would you join me in Romans chapter 5, please? Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. Now, at the beginning of chapter 5, Paul talks about the gospel, the blessing of the gospel. And he says, he says we've been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God. We've been made right with God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's because of our faith. We don't deserve to be made right with God. That only happens because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of His resurrection power made that possible. And when we trust in Jesus as our forgiver of sin, our Savior from hell, He makes us right with God. Jesus did that for us. Because of our faith, verse 2 says, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. 
This, this experience of God's grace is made possible because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, because of His resurrection power. And this is where we now stand. We now stand right before God, not because we deserve to be right before God, but because of what Jesus did for us, because His righteousness is applied to us when we trust Him to do that for us. And so we are confidently and joyfully looking forward to sharing God's glory. We have this greater blessing, this hope beyond this life, this hope beyond the grave. We have this hope in our future because of Jesus. We take this gospel message, and obviously that's something to be joyful about, And he says this in verse 3, we can rejoice too, we can also rejoice, not just in this great blessing, this great hope that we have beyond this life, eternal life uh, given to us by the power of Jesus Christ. Not only can we rejoice in that, he says, we can also rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. He goes back to verses 1 and 2. You've got this greater blessing, uh, this future blessing in store for you because of what Jesus did for you. You've got this greater blessing coming, and it is perseverance that connects us from this hardship this trial, this problem, this trouble to this greater hope, this greater blessing. It's perseverance that connects those. When you read verse 3, your first reaction might be what I think my first reaction was. When I just, if you, all you read was rejoice in suffering, if that's all the verse said, rejoice in your problem, rejoice in your trouble, uh, it doesn't sound like that makes sense. That doesn't sound like the, the proper response to suffering and hardship and problems. And think about some of the things that we rejoice over. And you think of the word rejoice, there's probably certain things that pop into your mind. Uh, when we win a game, like uh, we're, we're doing football right now and some people are playing soccer uh, I don't know, maybe uh, at game night, the senior game night's coming up here again on Tuesday, right? The first Tuesday of every month. And I, I don't know, you know, I, don't, I, I should show up once in a while just to make sure they're not like playing poker and I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, probably should check in on them. But, but when you win a game, uh, you, you think, well, that's a, that's a reason to rejoice, right? Um, if something fun, something pleasant happens, it's a reason to rejoice. I know for me, when we have meatloaf and apple pie, man, that is a reason to rejoice. I love meatloaf and apple pie. When I think about rejoicing, I think about things like when a baby is born. Right? That makes sense. If you hear rejoice connected to the birth of a child, you're like, yeah, that connects. Those dots connect for me. Rejoicing in suffering, that doesn't seem like a normal reaction to suffering, hardship, problems, and trouble. This is why it's important to pay attention to the details, why it's important to pay attention to the words that we're reading. 
Because it doesn't say rejoice about the suffering. It doesn't say rejoice over the suffering itself. It says rejoice in the suffering. The suffering itself, that's not what we're celebrating. The focus of our joy is not the problem itself or the trouble itself. The rejoicing, the focus of our joy is found in the blessings that we experience in the suffering or on the other side of the problem. That's the focus of our joy. I'll give you an example. I said we're talking about sports right now. I coach junior high football, and uh, right now, if you're in fall sports, we're, we're doing conditioning. doesn't matter what the sport is. We're trying to get these kids in shape. And you can tell there was a lot of students that didn't do anything all summer physically. And so they show up the first week of practice, and we're trying to get them in shape. And they're throwing up in the weeds, and, you know, their sides hurt, and they feel like their heart's going to explode out of their chest. All this, all this discomfort that they are experiencing. And it's not pleasant. Con- what we call conditioning is, is not a pleasant experience. It's hard. And we should ask the question, okay, if it's not pleasant, if it's hard, then why do we keep doing it? If a student is trying to run back and forth across the field and he gets like to the third one, he's got two more to go, and he's like, oh, and he throws up in the weeds, what is it that would cause that student, that would motivate that that player to get back in line and keep going? Why not quit and go home? This is not fun. This is not pleasant. Why don't I just quit and go home? Conditioning is not supposed to be pleasant, but it is something that we have to experience. We have to go through that in order to get in shape. You're not going to win a game. I don't care what the sport is. You're not going to win an athletic game if you're not in shape. Right? That makes sense. Even if you're not an athlete, you can probably figure that one out. And so, yeah, the conditioning's not pleasant, but it is necessary so that down the road we can experience the blessing of winning a game. If you go back to the verse, just look at these words again. Suffering, we get that. We probably don't need to do a whole lot of defining of the word suffering, of hardship, of trials, of problems. That's a word that you can relate to. Every one of us can relate to that. To different degrees, right? We got we to gotta make sure that we're comparing. Maybe our hardships aren't as bad as other people's hardships, but, but we all know what that means. Perseverance, you might, if you have, I think, uh, NIV, they use the word endurance. I'm not sure what word you have, perseverance or endurance. But that's the ability to keep going, to not give up when things get hard, to hang in there, until the job is done or till the mission is accomplished, you keep going. You don't quit. That's what we call perseverance or endurance. And it says here in the verse that that perseverance gives birth to character or strong character. And that is the ability to choose the right thing even when it's the hard thing. Because here's what happens. When you are in a hardship, when you're going through a trial or trouble, Uh, some type of suffering, 
uh, you're going to be tempted to compromise. You're going to be tempted to look for the easy way out. A perseverance, though, develops this strong character that says, no, I'm not going to compromise. This isn't fun, but I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to do the right thing, even though it's the hard thing, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to hang in there. I'm not going to quit. That's the character that's being developed in perseverance. That character, that perseverance, then gives birth to hope. You think about strong character, have you ever been around someone who uh, really didn't have a lot of hardship in their life, Uh, maybe someone who had everything handed to them, you ever been around someone like this, like mom and dad stepped in and made sure that little Festus never, never got hurt or offended or... Uh, they show up at school, my, my kid, this and that. You ever, you ever been around someone like that? Uh, what typically happens as a person grows up and they've never experienced, they've never been allowed to fail, they've never been allowed to experience anything difficult? Well, typically, we have a word for that. Uh, it's spoiled, right? Or entitled. I think of uh, one of the People that come to mind, and I'm sure she's probably not watching my sermon today, so if she is, I'm sorry. Paris Hilton. I apologize, Paris Hilton, if you're watching. But when I think of spoiled or entitled, right, there, there are certain people that maybe come to mind where everything is just handed to them. And it's not hard, and they just don't understand what hardship is all about. But not someone with strong character. Someone with strong character is someone who has endured hardship and they have found blessings inside that hardship or on the other side of that suffering. And that's where we find this hope, this confidence of a greater blessing, this confidence that a future blessing is either going to be found somewhere in this hardship or on the other side of it. Perseverance is a bridge from hardship to hope. It's how we get there. I heard, heard this story about a dog who fell into a farmer's well. I don't know how deep it was, uh, but it was deep enough where the farmer wasn't sure how he was going to get his dog out of this well. He didn't have a good way to get the dog out. Couldn't just climb out, and he didn't have whatever he needed to get down in there, and he didn't know what to do. And so the farmer just kind of thought, you know, the, the dog's pretty old. Uh, I don't think I can get him out of there. I don't want him starving to death. I'm just going to fill in the hole and put the dog out of his misery, and I want to make sure this doesn't happen again to any of my other animals. And so that was, I'm not saying it was the best solution, but that was what the farmer came up with. And so he started shoveling dirt into the well, and the dirt falls on the dog's head and on the dog's back, and what are you doing? Shakes the dirt off. Another shovel full of dirt down all over the dog. He's trying to kill me. Shakes the dirt off. Again and again and again. And every time the dirt hit the dog on the back and on the head, he would shake it off and he would step up on the dirt. He'd shake it off and step up on the dirt. He didn't quit. He didn't lay down and just let himself be buried. 
by the dirt. He kept shaking it off. You see where I'm going, right? Some of you are picking up there. You see where we're going. And he'd shake it off, and he'd step up until finally the dirt got higher and higher and higher, and he was able to jump out of the well. Now think about that. It's a cool story. But that dirt in the moment, if the dirt's falling on your head, if, the, if you're at the bottom of the well and the dirt's falling on your back, that dirt is, is quite literally threatening to take your life, right? You get that, to bury you alive. But it actually turned out to be the very thing that saved him. Perseverance is the bridge from hardship to hope. It's this confident assurance, this strong belief that a better blessing of greater value is coming. One of my favorite biblical examples of perseverance is the Apostle Paul. Now, there's, there's tons of examples of perseverance. I just am drawn to the Apostle Paul when it comes to this subject matter because in the book of Acts, it records these missionary journeys that Paul went on. And, and Paul went on several missionary journeys, uh, taking the gospel, planting churches, establishing leaders in places like Syria and Turkey and Greece and Italy. These journeys that he went on spanned over a period of almost 10 years. And in those almost 10 years, he went over 10,000 miles on foot. That's like walking from New York to Los Angeles and back like four times on foot. I'm going to talk about perseverance. And it's not just the sheer volume of miles that Paul walked that, that is so impressive. It's everything that he endured along the way. If you read through his story in the book of Acts, they would go to a, a city and then uh, things would be going well, and then this group of people would either try to stone him or kick him out, and they'd have to leave, there'd be a riot, and they'd have to uh, escape in the middle of the night, all these kind of things. And it's just like, uh, Lord, can't, we're, we're preaching the gospel. Why can't it just go smoothly? We're doing your work. Why do we get this thing going, and then we've got to leave quickly, and we're not quite done? And he just kept going. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to walk you through some of the things that Paul uh, talks about when he talks about suffering or hardship. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, he, he expresses it this way. He says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed. We don't always get it or understand, right? We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. Right? Despair is the place where you give up. Right? Despair is the hopelessness where you're just like, I'm done. But that's not where we're at. We're hunted down, but we're, not, we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through, su though, uh, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying body. So we live in the face of death. That's not our experience. I don't know if it ever will be, but it's not right now. But, but he's saying that, that he's living in the face of death uh, because he's taking the gospel to these different places. But 
He says the result of that is eternal life in the people that he's going to these different cities. And they're, they're experiencing salvation. They're trusting Jesus as their Savior. Their lives are transformed. They're given eternal life in the Holy Spirit. There's some incredible things happening. Because Paul didn't give up when it got hard. In fact, he he continues on and he says, we continue, this is verse 13, we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so uh, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to uh, to Himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. There's a greater blessing that Paul sees in the hardship. The greater blessing is lives are being changed. As God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. The hardship, the trouble, the problem is worth it to Paul because God's getting glory and people are being saved. And he says, look, in verse 16, I love this. This is why we never give up. We don't give up. He talks about how these uh, these problems, these troubles, in comparison to eternity, in comparison to what God is doing, he calls them light, uh, momentary. He calls them uh, temporary troubles. They're, they're they're uh, They're not the same weight he says these, uh, these greater glories that are in store for us, these greater blessings, they far outweigh what we're experiencing in our troubles. So He says in verse uh, 18, we don't look at the troubles that we are experiencing now. We fix our gaze on the things that can't be seen, the things that are yet to come, because those are the things that last forever. If you go to chapter 11... Uh, he spells out some of the things that he experienced on these missionary journeys. Check this out. Uh, He starts in verse 23. Yes, uh, beginning or second part of verse 23. He says, I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number, faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Now, you understand what he's talking about there, we're talking about whips uh, with, with leather uh, straps that have bone or metal on them, right? This is not a pleasant experience. Five different times, 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced dangers in the cities and in the deserts and on the seas. I've faced danger from men who claim to be, to be believers, but they're not. I've worked hard and long, enduring, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry. I've been thirsty. I've gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Just a sample of some of the hard things that Paul endured, that he persevered for the sake of the gospel. In chapter 12, then you add to that, this is really fascinating. In verse 7, he, he talks about this thorn in his flesh. 
He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me, keep me from becoming proud. And he begged God three times to take it away. And, and each time the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. After all those different journeys, then he gets arrested and, and put in, in house arrest, home prison, and for two years he's under house arrest waiting for his trial in Rome. But you know what? He didn't quit preaching the gospel. He preached the gospel to uh, these guards that would come in, anyone that would listen. He kept preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't quit until the day he died. He just wouldn't give up no matter how hard it was. And when he got to the end of his life, uh, he, wrote, uh, he wrote this final letter to Pastor Timothy, and he wrote this at the end of his life. He says, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. And now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. I'm talking about when Christ returns. And not only to me, but to all those who are looking forward to His appearing. That's us. If we don't quit, if we don't give up, if we persevere, there is reward. There is a greater blessing coming. And I think about Paul's endurance and his perseverance. What was it about him that motivated that? There's got to be something. Like I know, uh, for me, this is... Nothing in comparison to what Paul experienced. This is really easy in comparison. But uh, there have been times when I've had to, uh, I had a triaxle log, uh, of logs, triaxle load of logs, you know what I'm talking about? Like these, they're trees. And they bring them to your yard, and uh, you've got you've to cut them. Uh, then you've got to take those billets and split them, and then you've got to take those split wood, and you've got to stack it, and it would take me all summer. And it was, it was a lot of hard work, and by the time we got through a couple months of that, I, uh, my back was hurting, and, and everything just kind of ached, and it was hard. And what uh, there were lots of times when I'm like, these laws can just stay here. I'll just burn them here. This is fine. Right? I just want to quit. This is too hard. But what kept me motivated was I've got to keep my family warm. If I don't do this, my family is not going to stay warm. We're all going to freeze to death and die. Like, I've got to get... I've got to get this done. I can't quit. So there has to be a motive inside us that says you can't quit. You've got to keep going. What was it for Paul? Was he just tough? Was he crazy? Well, he was tough, I think. I don't think he was crazy. Philippians chapter 3, I think we get a picture into what motivated him. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of His resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. Paul wanted to be like Jesus, and that motivated him. Jesus didn't quit when things got hard. Jesus endured the torture leading up to the cross. He endured the agony of the cross. He didn't quit until His mission was accomplished, and He said the words, It is finished. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't quit? And Paul wanted to be like Jesus. You don't have to answer out loud. I think I probably already know the answer. Have you ever felt like quitting something? I don't mean just like piano lessons. Like I had piano lessons for 10 years. I wanted to quit every 
Every lesson I would go to, mom, please, I hate this. Go practice, right? I don't, maybe, maybe there are things like that in, in your experience. And I, I mean, have you ever felt like giving up, throwing in the towel, something of value? Felt like, I just, I just don't have anything left in the tank to give. This is just too hard. And you, you, maybe you're in this place and this hardship and you just you can't see the hope that's out there somewhere. You, 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 all you see is the hardship. All you see is the trial and the trouble. And, and it's like, I'm, I'm not feeling this hope. I'm not experiencing anything that, that, that even resembles hope. All I'm, all I'm feeling and experiencing is this hardship. And, I, and I'm done. And I don't think I can do it anymore. Well, before I give you like kind of the biblical pep talk that you need to keep going, let's talk about some things that maybe you should quit. There are some things that maybe you should quit. Here's an easy one. Easy one is sin. If it's a sin, you should quit. You should stop it. Paul wrote this in Romans 6. He said, should we just keep on sinning so that grace we love God's grace. We're so thankful for God's grace. And Paul's like, should we just keep sinning so we can keep experiencing God's grace? He's like, no, that's not the right way to think about God's grace. You need to stop sinning. So if it's a sin, if, it, if it's something outside of God's will, if it's something outside the boundary lines that God has set for us, then yeah, the answer's simple. We should quit. Sometimes we need to maybe think about quitting something that's not healthy, something that's not safe. You know, we think about some of the things that really aren't good for our health, you know, smoking and, and vaping and, and uh, times drinking, um, overeating. You know, there are certain things that just aren't healthy for us, and uh, maybe they don't kill us, you know, like a meth addiction would pretty quickly, right? But uh, there may be things in life that just aren't good for us, and maybe they're not good for your family, and um, maybe they're not a good testimony. There's, there's a number of reasons that maybe we should consider this is not something I need to continue doing. Gambling, right? There, there, you, can, you can figure that one out. And maybe, maybe there's even some relationships sometimes that become unsafe, and it's just, it's just not safe to be in that relationship anymore, and it may come to the place where that relationship needs to, to end. Sometimes that happens. You know, Paul told Titus to end a relationship with divisive people. Look at this verse. He says, warn a divisive person once, warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. End the relationship. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. So sometimes there are relationships that we need to quit. Sometimes uh, we do need to make changes. Now, quitting church altogether just because you get tired of dealing with imperfect people? No, that, that's not righteous, that's not honorable, uh, that's prideful. But sometimes... It comes to a place when maybe a change needs to happen, right? Maybe this is not uh, the, the right place for you to worship. And maybe and there could be lots of different reasons for that. 
I'm saying in general. I'm not trying to persuade you to leave our church, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in general, those things happen uh, where there might, there might just be a legit reason why you need to do something different when it comes to, to church. And sometimes God uses unpleasant experiences and, and all those kind of things. So that, that happens. Sometimes the same thing happens with a job. Maybe, maybe quitting a job and and going back to school or quitting a job and taking a different opportunity, sometimes that's the best thing for you, the best thing for your family, the best thing for your future. Um, so I, I, I bring that up to say that what I'm talking about with never quit, never give up, there are times when we need to make a change. And when, when we're talking about those types of changes, they need to be bathed in a lot of prayer. They, we need to do a, a ton of time on our knees in prayer and just ask God that he would guide us and direct us and help us make good decisions for the right reasons, all of that stuff. We need to have a lot of humility whenever we make those kinds of re, uh, uh, changes in our lives, just humility in the sense where I've got to trust God to help me make the right choice here, right? So those things are important. But if we are quitting, whether it's church or a job or whatever, if we're quitting something just because it's hard, that's not enough reason. Just because something is, is challenging, just because something is difficult, just because something is uncomfortable, that's not enough reason to give up. There might be a legit reason, but that's not it. A desire for smoother waters is not enough reason to quit. You know why? Because life is always going to be hard. You make a change expecting, oh, this, this, this hardship, these, this storm is terrible. I'm going to change, and then everything will be smooth. I'll never have, if I go over here, I'll never have any problems anymore. Wrong. You'll, you'll move over here to whatever this change was, and there's going to be a different set of problems, a different set of hardships. That's just the way life is. So if you're quitting because you think it will produce forever smooth, tranquil waters in your life, you're not going to be happy with the results. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let's not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest, don't miss the last part, if we do not give up. My wife is a, is a preschool teacher, and she was helping a kid put on his boots. <laughs> his boots didn't want to go on. They were too, they were too small. And, and so she's you know, pushing and pulling and struggling and, and, and finally got these, these boots on this kid and, and I break out in a sweat trying to get these boots on this kid. And the, the kid says, teacher, uh, they're on the wrong feet. All right. So it would, they were just as hard to get off and pulling the, pulling the boots off, and it, it's a struggle to get them off and then switch feet and, and, and back on. And, and it was just this, this sweaty struggle, get the boots back on. And uh, the, 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 the kid says, Teacher, these aren't my boots. <laughs> really? You couldn't have told me that before we did this? So off again, uh, pulling, pulling, uh, 
of pulling the boots off. Teacher, these are my brother's boots. My mom made me wear them. So they are, they are the boots supposed to be on your feet. Okay. Back on. Get the boots on. All right. Let's put your coat on. Put the coat on. I help the kid put his coat on. And where's your mittens? Oh, I stuffed them in the bottom of my boots. That's a made-up story. That didn't really happen. But we've had days like that, haven't we? We've had days like that. You've had days like that. Where it's like nothing is working out, nothing is going your way, and it's just, it's hard. And you're like, I've had it up to here, and I don't want to do it anymore, and I'm out. I, I just want to quit. I just want to give up. And sometimes it's because we don't get the payoff that we want. We don't get the immediate results that we were hoping to get. But just because something is hard doesn't mean it's okay to quit. Perseverance is the bridge from hardship to hope. And I know you probably knew that on paper, right? We all know it on paper. We know it in theory. But I think we've got this tendency, and I'll put myself in there too. We've got this tendency to kind of hope that hard things stay over there and out of my lane. But what if we could be better prepared for the hardships that we don't plan for, the hardships that we wouldn't ask for, in, in football, we call that conditioning, as I said, and what we're doing is we're building up stamina, we're building up endurance so that during the game, you don't just quit because you're tired. In military training, they do a bunch of hard things to condition them for really hard things, right? Sometimes they shoot live ammunition over their heads and they, they explode things nearby. Uh, they, they, uh, they set up Uh, pretend bad guys behind doors. They do all of these. They train with all of these hard things so that when the really hard things happen, they don't just quit. They have a bit of endurance and conditioning for that. This is going to maybe sound crazy to some of you, but here's my challenge for you this week. I want to challenge you to go look for hard things to do. You're like, you are out of your mind. No, I'm serious. Go look for hard things to do so that you can build up your endurance. Right? You experience something hard. You choose to go do something hard and you finish it. It's hard. You complete it. You keep going. You're building up your endurance so that when something really hard comes along that you didn't ask for, that you didn't expect, I'm not saying it's going to be easy sailing. It won't be. But you'll know. You'll know what it feels like to keep going. You have conditioned yourself to trust in the Lord and, 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 and to give you the strength and the endurance that you need to go from hardship to hope. Maybe sign up for a ministry that is uncomfortable, a ministry that's not easy. Maybe Set a goal to read through your Bible in a year. Now, some of you, that's easy. Keep doing it. But for some of you, that would be a really hard thing to do. Well, do it. I'm not a real uh, fast reader. 
and uh, I don't really enjoy like reading for pleasure. Like I, I enjoy reading to study and, and learn, that kind of thing, but I don't really enjoy reading for pleasure. So I've challenged myself this summer especially to just read more books. And it's not like I'm necessarily finding pleasure in that or enjoyment in that, but I know it's hard for me, and so I'm pushing myself to do it. Just I think I got through uh, six books now in about two months, and that's just not something I would normally do for enjoyment. Find something that's hard and go do it. Introduce yourself to a neighbor. Some of you, that's super easy. Like my wife, super easy. She's like best friends with everyone on our block. Right? But for some of you, that would be really hard to introduce yourself to a neighbor or uh, to a stranger, to start up a conversation. If that's hard, do it. Maybe you could learn a, uh, a new skill. Take a class. Learn a new skill. Maybe do something physically or mentally challenging that you know is going to be hard. You know, think about Paul. Paul walked 10,000 miles for the sake of the gospel, and that endurance conditioned him for harder things. Jesus was born into a working-class family during his ministry. He didn't stay at the Hilton. You understand, right? He didn't stay at... Uh, Holiday Inn Express and have a nice continental breakfast in the morning. What he did was, was hard. And when really hard things came along, like physical torture, Jesus didn't quit. And if we're going to live a Jesus-centered life, if we're going to follow after Jesus and be more like him, we've got to be willing to do hard things. So rather than trying to make life as easy as possible for ourselves, rather than just waiting around, holding our breath, hoping that nothing hard happens to us today. Why don't we challenge ourselves to condition ourselves to do hard things and don't give up until it's finished? I think that conditioning will help us live out Romans 3, 4. I'll finish with this. Rejoice in our suffering because we know that that suffering produces perseverance, strong character, Perseverance is the bridge from hardship to hope. There's a blessing in there. There's a blessing on the other side of it. The only way you're going to experience it, the only way you're going to find it is to move from hardship to hope is through perseverance.